Hello, this is Dwayne McCurry. I'm the team leader for Adult Explore the Bible, and this week we're being joined by David Briscoe. David's one of the members of the adult editorial team. David, thank you for being with us today. Thanks, Dwayne. Today we're looking at Proverbs chapter 8, verses 6 through 21, and the title of this session is Pursuing Wisdom. The outline of this passage is done in this sense. Number one is valuable. Number two is powerful. And point number three is obtainable. So let's just walk through that for a minute. First of all, in verses 6 through 11, we have this idea that God's wisdom is valuable. Solomon portrays God's wisdom as perfect and righteous in every way. In fact, God's wisdom is of more value than any precious metal or gemstone. The second point is that God's wisdom is powerful, and that's in verses 12 through 16. Solomon declares God's wisdom as residing in those who fear God. Wisdom empowers kings, and it provides for justice. The third section, which is verses 17 through 21, is the idea of obtainable. In this section, Solomon promised that the person seeking wisdom will find it. The person who lives by God's wisdom will experience God's blessings, including the avoiding of self-destruction. So, David, let's think through some of these things right here. Why might a person value something other than God's wisdom? How, how do we uh, do this in our world today, for example? Well, <laughs> you know, I don't know why we do, but other than— <laughs> We sure do it, though, don't we? <laughs> we sure do it, and and I would— probably uh, point to the fact that uh, we're not perfect. We're not, we're, we're fallen, we're sinners. Uh, and so we have that issue from the start. But, you know, as Christians also, we, we need to be honest about the fact that, uh, that we all have some basic physical needs. God, God made us with these needs. And we don't want to blame God, but, but here's what I mean by that. First of all, we know that we all have to eat. We need food. We know that we need clothing. We, we want to be protected in terms of clothing. And in the same way, we want shelter. We need uh, to have shelter from storms, from uh, predators, from things like that. And then one other I would think is security. You know, we, we have an innate desire and need uh, to feel secure and part of that has to do with these other uh, needs that we have. But some of it is just the, the sense to feel safe and protected. So we, we have these basic physical needs. And Jesus acknowledged this in the Sermon on the Mount when he was talking about worry. He said, well, your heavenly Father knows you need them. Uh, but he said, you should, you should not, you must not, worry so much and be so anxious about them that you think that's all there is to life, that there's not something even more important than what your physical needs are. And that's uh, where he talked about uh, that the, uh, of, of knowing the Lord and his kingdom, uh, seeking that first, well, and all the other would be added to you. What makes God's wisdom obtainable? Well, th this is a reference that you're looking at in Proverbs 8, 17, where he says, I, I love those who love me, and, and this is really the personification of wisdom. Wisdom is talking. I love those who love me, and those who search for me find me. And so that's, uh, that's one of the reasons that it's so obtainable is that 
uh, the, the wisdom of God is there for the finding. Uh, let me give a couple of uh, biblical illustrations of this. One is an amazing poem about wisdom that's embedded in the book of Job. Now, we all know the background of the book of Job and his experience. He went through some tests of faith that most of us don't even want to imagine. Uh, the loss of his work and wealth, the loss of all of his children in one fell swoop, the loss of his spouse's support and encouragement, the loss of his own physical health, the loss of friends' wise counsel. Uh, he lost everything. And yet in the middle of that book, there is this amazing poem in chapter 28 uh, where verse 12 of that chapter asks this question, but where can wisdom be found? Where is understanding located? And then in verse 23 of that chapter, uh, the poem states, but God understands the way to wisdom. He knows its location. And then caps that off in verse 28, where God says to mankind, to you and me, the fear of the Lord, there it is again, the fear of the Lord, that is wisdom. And so this fear of the Lord, as we said in a previous session there, that's about being rightly related to God, knowing who he is and who we are in him. James 1, 5 through 8 tells us if any of us lacks wisdom, we should ask God. He knows where it is. He knows its <laughs> location. If we lack it, we ought to ask God, pray, asking him. Because James goes on to say, he gives to all generously and ungrudgingly. It'll be given to him. But then he says, let him ask in faith without dissenting, without, uh, you know, uh, disbelieving or distrusting. Um, so wisdom is so attainable because God wants us to have it. He has it. He knows where it is. He wants us to have it, and he gives it to us if we simply ask him for it and the, believe him. The two references you just gave us, Job 28, 12 and following, and then James 1, 5 through 8. Correct. Okay. Uh, how might we place ourselves in a better position to know God's wisdom? If it's obtainable, then how do we put ourselves in a position to better know that? All right. Uh, well, let's remind ourselves the fear of the Lord, that relationship. That's the beginning place. That's how it grows. That's how we get uh, more wisdom is that we continue to be close to the Lord. So, number one, by seeking a closer relationship with the Lord. How can we do that? Well, Bible reading, Bible study, including group experiences like uh, what people are engaging in in churches all across uh, the land and, and even around the world. Uh, but also in prayer conversations. That, that's conversations with God. And so, as James said, ask God for it when you're praying. Ask God to give you the wisdom that you need. And certainly, uh, by seeking the counsel of others that you, you know to be mature believers who've been through uh, certain kinds of experiences where you might be uh, going through that experience now, uh, to seek from them, uh, how did you find the wisdom to make the decisions you had to make in the midst of uh, a crisis like this. And so, uh, you know, there, there are many resources that we have uh, to put ourselves in a better position, position to know God's wisdom. It comes from Him, ultimately, but certainly we can uh, read His Word, we can pray, we can seek counsel from other believers. 
Solomon asked for God to guide him in 1 Kings 3. We find that account. And he obviously had a great deal of wisdom. But how do we account for his life being less than admirable? I'm expecting this to be a question in my group. Here we have him telling us to do these things, but yet, you know, he, he worshiped other gods. Uh, he married foreign wives, uh, concubines. I mean, you just go down the list. Uh, how can we account for that? Mm-hmm. Well, let me remind you of uh, a, um, an idea that we introduced in a previous session there um, about how even the, the greatest heroes in the Scripture, the greatest heroes of faith in Scripture, had their moments of faltering, and, uh, and, and they weren't so wise. They weren't so faithful. Uh, Solomon is one of those. And so there is such a thing in life as, as being spiritually overconfident, you know, where you just, <laughs> you just think, I've got this. I don't, I don't really need to pray. I don't need to, uh, to remind myself of God's Word. I, I've got this. You become so overconfident. Paul, the apostle, warned about that in 1 Corinthians 10, 12. He was talking to believers, and he said, whoever thinks he stands must be careful not to fall. Don't get too spiritually overconfident. And, and that's because sometimes spiritual compromise just really comes to us in, in small ways. If the book of Ecclesiastes gives us any clue about Solomon's later spiral into this uh, pits of despair and, dis, uh, and um, uh, unfaithfulness to the Lord, uh, it, it began with his insatiable quest to master life quote-unquote, under the sun, that is, without really putting God into that equation, Uh, just knowing how life works as if there were no God, as if he didn't count. And it may be that that uh, those exploits uh, that Solomon went through at that time may explain why he just, he had a, it had a spiritually numbing effect on Solomon, and uh, and he drew further away from God. We know from 1 Kings 11, 1 through 10, that Solomon did disregard the Lord's command forbidding foreign wives uh, for Israelite kings. And we, we know that uh, marriages in that time often were uh, simply a way to make strategic alliances with other nations. Uh, but God has specifically told uh, Israel's kings not to get, engage in this kind of of uh, foreign marriages there because of the danger of those uh, marriages being a way for idol worship to be imported into Israel. And that's exactly what happened in Solomon's case. Uh, The wives that he married brought idolatry into uh, Israel. Before we go, David, can you comment on the understanding of God's wisdom in terms of his presence? Right. Let me remind us that we've already said that wisdom, true wisdom, is found in a right relationship with God. That whole meaning of the phrase, fear of the Lord, it's it's central to all of the book of Proverbs. Uh, And so that's where wisdom is found, in that right relationship with God. In in 1 Corinthians 1.24, Paul said to those whom God has called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ is the power of God and he is the wisdom of God. And then he wrote in 1 Corinthians 2.16, 
about believers that we have the mind of Christ. And in both of those places, he's, he's talking about that when we have the presence of God, then we have access to his wisdom. And that's particularly true when you think about uh, in, the, in the New Testament experience that uh, when we put our faith in Christ, the Holy Spirit takes up residence in our hearts, in our lives. And so Paul in 1 Corinthians 2, verses 11 through 13, wrote this, No one knows the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. And we, believers, have not received the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who comes from God, so that we may understand what has been freely given to us by God. We also speak these things not in words taught by human wisdom, but in those taught by the Spirit, explaining spiritual things to spiritual people. So the idea is there that when we have the presence of the Spirit of God in us, we have the whole divine presence of wisdom at our disposal that what we need to do is to obey, to follow, to walk in step with the Spirit. And indeed, we have uh, that wisdom that we seek and that we need. Any other key insights you would share from these verses, David? No, I think we've covered this, this one. <laughs> from time to time in this podcast, we will mention different resources in the Explore the Bible family. We'll talk about the Adult Leader Pack, the Adult Commentary, Quick Source, and a few other things. You can find out more about all the Explore the Bible resources on our website at goexplorethebible.com. Thank you for listening today. And we hope that you will join us again next week as we look at Proverbs chapter 14, verses 8 through 15.